0: on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network, Sean Saint Jacques back here with you, talking more hoop this week on the show. First and foremost, hope you're doing well. Hope you had a good week. I know a few of you uh, last week weren't thrilled with some of the topics we discussed because there were no updates. I got a little bit of uh, <laughs> a little bit of flack uh, on Twitter for it this week. Here's the deal. Um, first of all, I get I get where you're coming from. It's the NBA off season. It is a slow time. In the NBA offseason, not a ton has really developed. The uh, Donovan Mitchell talks are not stalled, but no developments have occurred. The only talking point this week is, you know, whether or not the Knicks are going to include Quentin Grimes in a deal. The Knicks are hesitant to do so. Uh, Other than that, nothing's really happened. We've talked about all of that last week. So not a ton to talk about on the Knicks front. On the NBA front, yes, there's some notable... Free agents still out there. Lamarcus Aldridge, Carmelo Anthony is still out there. Montrez Harrell, Dennis Schroeder, uh, to name a few. Uh Colin Sexton is still out there. So there's there's guys that are out there that that still need to be signed, but nothing's really developed in those talks either. So on the whole, there's not much to go through this week. However, uh, one of the things I love about doing this show is times in the past we have con- gone a little bit off the board to talk about different topics whether it's in sports at large or in society or when society meets sports uh, or if you if you will politics meets sports although not necessarily politics in the in this case but when life and sports you know collide right sports is supposed to be that distraction from real life but as we know uh, it doesn't always happen that way, and it comes together. They come to a head. So we're going to talk about two stories, two topics this week that uh, are a little bit off the court but still matter and still are relevant in the sports conversation. Make no mistake about that. One of them I wish we had talked about actually a little bit sooner on the show, and that's the topic we'll lead with, which is the Brittany Griner situation as the trial Uh, has concluded in Russia. We're going to talk about that to start things off. And then uh, I really do want to talk about the legacy of Bill Russell, who uh, just passed away very recently. So um, the Boston Celtics legend. So those are the two major topics this week. Um, You know, in the past we've talked about at length the pandemic and its impact on society and basketball. Um, And we've also talked about, you know, uh, the NBA's controversy in China, LeBron's controversial comments about China and the NBA's relationship and um, and other topics like that. I can't think of all of them off the board because we've had multiple opportunities uh, to, to do this and have a very nice, uh, you know, civil conversation that's been very tame and I, I think productive, right? I think the last thing that people want at least from my experience in these discussions is for it to get out of hand and there to be yelling and shouting and all caps and exclamation points. So I'm really happy and proud that my listeners, people that listen to this show, you at home or or at work, wherever you are um, have these conversations with me. It really means a lot. And the way you've interacted with each other and with me makes me comfortable enough to talk with you about issues that don't always have to do with on-the-court things or transactions or whatever when it comes to the NBA or or sports during an off-season. And this is a good week to talk about it because there really aren't any, you know, major things going on when it comes to the NBA offseason. So with that, let's start with Brittany Griner and the current situation going on with her. Uh, for those that are unfamiliar with the story. Uh, Let me first start by telling you who Brittany Griner is. I'm not not sure everybody who uh, listens to the show um, really knows uh, a lot about her life or her career. Um, I'll just stick with the on the court stuff uh, to start. Went to Baylor for college. She's from Texas and uh, went to Baylor to play From 2009 to 2013, was a tremendous college athlete, won a national championship at Baylor, um, was on four really good Baylor teams, was the Final Four's most outstanding player the year they won the title in 2012, multiple Big 12 Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, and a two-time first-team All-American when she was at Baylor. Then uh, went to the WNBA first overall pick by Phoenix back in 2013. And with the Phoenix Mercury, she has become an eight-time all-star and a WNBA champion back in 2014, two-time scoring champion, eight-time block leader, and three-time WNBA first teamer as well. She's also been uh, a two-time WNBA defensive player of the year, three-time defensive first teamer all defensive first teamer as well and a few second teamers for all wnba and all defensive team as well she was also the wnba on the wnba all rookie team in her first season so just for context here this is one of the best wnba players of the last 10 years there's really no debating that there's others who you can maybe say are ahead of her but you have to come with a lot of numbers, right? We're talking Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi at that point. Like you're talking about the greats when you're putting Brittany Griner into context of WNBA basketball. The reason that she is in Russia uh, is because she plays in the Russian Premier League as well, a secondary team during the WNBA offseason because she has to make more money. That's basically what it comes down to, the WNBA um, doesn't pay her enough in her eyes or for her, you know, day-to-day life, whatever the case may be. Right. And she has to play in Russia for more money. And to be fair, uh, just to throw this out there as well, for context, she's a three-time Russian national league champion, four-time EuroLeague champion, Russian cup winner as well. Like has put up huge numbers and been great in both leagues uh, over her time in professional basketball. So there's really no blips on Brittany Griner's um, basketball resume. She's also a two-time Olympic gold medalist in Rio and in Tokyo for the United States. So Brittany Griner, again, her resume speaks for itself. She is one of the best. And what's crazy is that she finds herself in this situation. Right. I can, you know, just right, right for context before we really dive into the situation. It's so hard, right. To imagine, I, I don't know if I'd put her up there with Steph or LeBron, as far as her, you know, status, uh, comparatively over to the WNBA. I think maybe super Diana Taurasi and others maybe hold that title, but Brittany Griner is, is right up there with the likes of a, you know, um, I mean Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, I mean the next group up, right? I mean that's the caliber of player for her league that we're talking about here. One of the best, right? One of the best. The resume internationally, two different leagues. You know, that's so that's unique obviously uh, compared to the compared to the NBA, apologies to keep uh, mixing that up, but she is in the last 10 years, like if we're talking top five, top 10 WNBA players, you have to put Brittany Griner in that conversation, right? So the situation she finds herself in is appalling. It, it really is. For those that have followed the story, um, I apologize for all the context for those that are, that are, well aware of what's going on and i applaud you for you, know, you this, these are things that especially as sports fans we need to stay and society in general but if you follow sports you should know what's going on here in this situation um basically what happened griner um was on her way back to go play in russia during the wnba's off season, and she was accused in an airport um i, I forget the, the the correct pronunciation of uh, the city and the airport that it was in. But on February 17th, basically, um, she was detained and accused of having vape cartridges containing uh, hashish oil. Again, I apologize if I mispronounced that, uh, which is illegal in the country. Um, Since then, she's been absolutely railroaded, absolutely treated terribly, by the russian police the airport and the country as a whole and it, and the country's legal system uh basically um long story short there's been a lot of ebbs and flows there's been you know exchanges proposed by the u.s government joe biden the president has come out multiple times asking for the Russian government to release Britney Griner I mean there's been I it's it's hard to even imagine it being in these terms but trade negotiations literal like prison trade uh, prisoner I guess trade negotiations for lack of a better phrase there for the U.S. to try to get Britney Griner back it, it's been insane absolutely insane and it's all over vape cartridges uh vape cartridges it's it's ridiculous. It's absolutely insane what is going on. And Brittany Griner, who I believe had already pleaded guilty um, to the charges, was you know, found to be guilty on drug charges in a Moscow area court. This happened earlier today, uh, the day we're recording the podcast. And she was then sentenced to up to nine and a half years in prison, which is absolutely ridiculous, appalling not surprising but appalling nonetheless i mean it's just nuts um that it's come to this but the russian government you know saw you know I, there's been just speculation about this but it seems like the russian government has seen an opportunity to make an example here and so to, to hold the us's feet to the fire and britney griner has been just to, to me in this case in the wrong place at the wrong time and Because again, Brittany Griner has been in and out of that airport so many times. It's probably the same airport she's gone to the last, what, four or five years she's been in this Russian league or played in Russia in some capacity. And this is the time where they arrest her and it's on something that's so silly. It's so ridiculous. I get it's illegal in Russia, but give me a bleeping break over the way she was treated over this the way that she has been since sentenced it's absolutely outrageous that that it's that has come to this um the the fact of the matter is that britney griner should never even have been arrested i mean it's unbelievable that it has gotten this far and i i think the well one one thing i should say as well is the wnba and nba released a joint statement both commissioners uh, Kathy Engelbert of the WNBA and Adam Silver of the NBA released a statement. They said, quote, today's verdict and sentencing is unjustified and unfortunate, but not unexpected. And Brittany Griner remains wrongly detained. The WNBA and NBA's commitment to her safe return is not wavered. And it's our hope that we are near the end of this process of finally bringing BG home to the United States, end quote. Um, it's unbelievable. Um, maybe not unbelievable because of the fact that this happens, right? I mean, this is, you know, the, the U S legal system is, is pretty bad as well. I think there's no debating that at this point, we've seen it time and time again. Uh, and I think that, I think, I think my words, there are actually being very, very kind to the U S justice system in many ways. Um, clearly, uh, Brittany Griner has been, absolutely uh put through the ringer here i I do want to read um a statement i believe this is from her lawyer um she has two attorneys actually two of her attorneys told reporters uh outside of the courtroom in moscow after the verdict and sentencing that they plan to file an appeal the quote from one of her attorneys um i think it's marina blago volina uh again i apologize if i mispronounce that alexander boykov is the other attorney uh blago volina said quote she's very very upset very upset very stressed uh she added she can hardly talk honestly so it's a very difficult time for her end quote um it's it's something that has been a problem all over the planet when it comes to race and discrimination, and I can't, um, I almost I can't think that this has, you know, that that has not nothing to do with this. Here, I really can't. I mean, one of the, uh, you know, one of the lines I thought that basically came from the judge uh, that I thought immediately kind of highlighted this a little bit was the judge found Griner had criminal intent and said she was guilty of smuggling and storing illegal drugs the fact that you put criminal intent on that for a vape for a vape cartridge or multiple vape cartridges is absolutely ridiculous to me absolutely ridiculous um there's so many reasons why that's ridiculous and if you have me to have if you need me to have you know a list and go through them I don't think you're fully getting the point here. That's kind of where I stand on it. I, I could sit here for another hour and rattle off the reasons why this is ridiculous when it comes to the fact that, you know, it's a vape cartridge. Number one, criminal intent. Like, give me a break with that. That is absolutely appalling verbiage for what Brittany Griner actually did. It's mind boggling to me on that front. That, that you could actually say that she had criminal intent, like that, it, like, and the, and the other thing too, smuggling and storing, like, she probably just had it in her bag, like, like, give me a break, smuggling and, and storing, that's just absolutely, completely overblowing what she did, so, right, on the first part, it's like, well, you know, how does this make any sense, right, and I think it goes back to a, a small point I made earlier. Clearly the Russian government is trying to make an example out of Brittany Griner. They found somebody who has stature that people know about in the U.S. And for whatever reason, there's probably a lot of behind the scenes stuff going on here, right? It's a big government. All big governments have, you know, things they won't share, right? So there's probably even a motive that we may not have even discussed yet as to why they've done this. But to put somebody through that, right? And I do want to mention this too is this has probably happened to other people we don't get to talk about it as much because it's not reported because it's not a famous person, right? And one of the reasons this has come to life is because Britney Griner is famous. Britney Griner is a top talent in basketball. Male or female, top talent, one of the best that our country has produced in the last 10 years and is now trying to, you know, find a way out of Russia with an absolutely ridiculous potential nine, nine and a half year sentence over her head. It is going to appeal, but I mean, who knows what's going to happen there, right? It really is appalling what's going on. And One of the reasons I wanted to discuss it is because of the fact that the sentencing literally just came down. Um, I do want to applaud the way that the WNBA has handled it, the way that the NBA has handled it. Um, I think our government could have handled it a lot better. I I don't know. But to be fair, the other thing is I don't know what they could do. I don't know what the conversations are like to try and get her back. Uh, Joe Biden, like I said, has called again for... um, President Biden has called for Russia to release her, but they're clearly not going to do that unless they get something in return. I think that's pretty clear. So it's wild uh, what's going on, but the biggest the biggest issue here is the way Brittany Griner has been treated. It's absolutely unacceptable, and all I hope is that the U.S. can get her back as quickly as possible. And she shouldn't be spending any more time in Russian police custody. Uh, I, they need to get her out there as out of there as quickly as possible. And I, I know that you know um, we use the hyperbole "whatever it takes" all the time, but the U.S. really need to dig deep here and get this done because this is this is a huge wrong that needs to be righted. I mean, again, the quote that stands out here and I'll paraphrase it this second time through is that Brittany Griner is so upset. She's hardly talking to anybody like she's really having a difficult time mentally. And how could you blame her? How could you blame her? Right. She's facing. um, You know, nine and a half, actually up to 10 years in prison, nine and a half years, I believe, is the maximum. With time served but it's up to 10 years so it's absolutely unacceptable what's happening to britney grinder and I, i i'm i'm glad that i have an opportunity here to shine a little bit of light on it because uh i i in in the way our our society is our culture is as americans you know these stories come and go, right? Sometimes we care about them, sometimes we don't, or we care about them for a day and then and then we move on to the next thing. This is a problem that continues to persist. And Brittany Griner now knows what's potentially ahead of her if the US doesn't do their job here and get her back. So we will see. We'll see what happens. But uh just hope that Britney Griner can get back to the States as quickly as possible and that the u.s will do what needs to be done to make that happen as always uh let me know your thoughts whether it's in the comments posting at toasting.com shock, shock nick's podcast logo or at stj7 on twitter really would appreciate to hear what you guys think about this situation and we'll try our best we'll we'll, we'll keep uh we'll keep bringing updates when they come on the show and and touch upon it and uh Try to keep shining some light on this very important story. We'll take a break. We'll talk about the legacy of Bill Russell, who just recently passed away next, on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast, on the Posting and Toasting podcast network. I started to realize uh, during the break it, this is a little bit of a downer episode. I hate to say that, but it is. Um, but I think I feel like this is important. These are important issues to talk about. Uh, we don't do this a lot, you know. We do this because it's important. I do this because you guys enjoy, or maybe not enjoy, but get something out of it. Right? That's the the biggest thing. And after talking about a very important, uh, story and situation with Brittany Griner, um, I do want to touch on the Bill Russell, uh, uh, legacy, right? His passing, uh, which just took place. And it's a, I mean, a rich basketball life. Uh, Bill Russell, uh, died, um, you know, earlier this week. And, um, this is, first of all, I should say in general, this has been a rough week, uh, for sports fans in general, you know, when, when we talk about not only stories off the field and off the court, but, um, with pass with, with you know, passing away with, with deaths this week, it's been really rough. Um, lost Bill Russell early in the week and, um, we lost Vin Scully. Uh, on Wednesday as well. And, uh, the the famous, uh, baseball play-by-play broadcaster, one of the, not one of the best, the best baseball broadcaster that's ever lived. And, um, you know, two guys that just had incredible impact on and off the field slash court in their lives. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, it's a basketball podcast. So we're going to really touch on Bill Russell here a little bit more, but it's just such a shame, right? I mean, these, it, it, what's the saying? They, they come in threes, these really crazy um, stretches where, where famous people or just notable people in general pass away. And uh, I think we had a notably you know, when Ray Liotta passed away, there were other, you know, notables there that it was just, it was just a rough James Kahn, you know, it, it's, it's been a rough, a rough year on that front, as it always tends to be. But um, but Bill Russell died on Sunday at the age of 88. Um, best champion the league has ever seen. Eight, uh, Not eight, goodness, 11-time NBA champion. A two-time Hall of Famer. That's saying something he's in as a player and as a coach. First black uh, head coach in the NBA. Won two titles as a player coach as well um an olympic gold medalist um national champion in college at san francisco for the dons as well and just a fierce civil rights activist and and somebody that just had a huge part in the civil rights movement was a uh, a cornerstone of it someone that players have always turned to for notable issues and comments. I mean, Barack Obama, the former president came out and said on Twitter, quote, today we lost a giant as tall as Bill Russell stood. His legacy rises far higher, both as a player as and as a person. Um, and, you know, he, he marched with Dr. Martin Luther King, stood with Muhammad Ali, um, you name it he did it and he's somebody and again you know this is not our generation meaning my generation of the nba but you know there's there's other notable things i want to mention as well you know first of all the finals mvp being named for bill russell says a lot about his time in the nba and his leadership in the nba i mean i I think the one the one stat about him as a player to me that might be the most defining is that Bill Russell played in 21 winner-take-all games when he was in the NBA. He won 21 of those games. Never lost in a winner-take-all game. He played in a lot of them. 21 is a lot of winner-take-all games and he won all of them that says a lot about bill russell in the clutch right everyone talks about michael jordan's you know six for six in the finals and and stuff like that and some people rip the russell debate because you're know, putting russell in that category because there were less teams in the nba 21 for 21 is 21 for 21 you, you can't take that's 21 times Bill Russell's been on a team with their backs against the wall. They never lost every time they won. There's no disputing that. There's nothing you can say to diminish that fact, right? So that let's put that to rest right away. And to be fair, not just because he just passed away, like Bill Russell should be in more of these goat conversations. He really should be. He really should be in more of those conversations. I think he gets a little bit of a, of a, he gets a little hard done by in those conversations, especially when you're including Magic, LeBron, Larry Bird, and Kobe. It, like, come on. If we, if we include those guys, we should be including Bill Russell in this conversation. We should be including Kareem in this conversation it's it's actually disrespectful when you start to look a little bit deeper at the numbers here but that's how we are right we don't focus as much on the past in these sports debate conversations we just focus on what's in front of us and we don't really look at the full picture so going really quickly back to the other side of this which i, I think again gets lost in the shuffle is Bill Russell's impact on society and his impact on the civil rights movement. It can't be overstated what he meant to different, you know, not only in sports, but in society, uh, parts of the country when it came to um, the civil rights movement. And there's, there was tons of stories throughout the past week of people talking about you know, Bill Russell going into different neighborhoods, you know, different black neighborhoods in particular, obviously, and um and just being there to help them, providing help. And I, I just think that it it's the definition, right, of leadership on and off the court, right? When we hear about that nowadays. We think about, you know, well, you know, not only the leading on the court, but they're setting up, you know, team dinners and team get togethers and the families hang out leader on the court and off the court. Right. This is what that truly means. Bill Russell is what that truly, truly means. And, you know, listen, athletes, in my opinion, don't have to always uh, be involved in you know society off the court right we saw that uh with michael jordan republicans buy sneakers too charles barkley would always say that he's not a role model right we see pop stars say that all the time they're not here to set an example they're here to make music they're here to make money they're here to do their job right but when athletes do take the opportunity to help society to try and move it forward and to help people that need it. And that's what exactly what Bill Russell did during his life for the black community that really needed it still really need it, which is the sad part of it. But that's when you get the reverence, the respect, you know, when Kobe was still alive, I think every time that Bill Russell was at a game Kobe would go up to him and just give him a hug and they had a very tight relationship, you know, and Bill Russell, I mean, again, some other stories that were interesting to hear where anytime Bill Russell would walk into a room, NBA players, athletes or not the room stopped and everyone would acknowledge and go up to and pick the brain of Bill Russell. That says a lot that says a lot about somebody it really does you know i i think that um like the former president barack obama said that he's not only a giant in sports and he's a heck of a giant in sports not only in again in size but 11 rings I believe that's the most any one player has ever won in American sports. Eleven championship rings. I think the only I think there's only one that I can think of that's close, and that's and that's Yogi Berra, who uh, also passed away a few years ago. Former Yankees catcher, he won ten rings. So it's one of those things where uh, it's just a it's a sad sad day for the NBA or sad week for the NBA. Um, it's a sad, sad, uh, day for society for, for the human race at large. Um, that being coupled with the loss of Vince Scully, I mean, I was talking to a buddy of mine, another Nick fan yesterday on Wednesday. And the first thing I, I hadn't talked to him in a while. And I said, the first, the first thing I said to him was, what a tough week for people that love sports. What a tough week for people that love sports. I mean, to lose arguably the greatest winner, if not the greatest winner in American sports history and for, what all, for everything that he did off the court, we then lose probably the greatest play-by-play broadcaster who's ever lived and someone who was also uh, just a giver away from the mic in Vin Scully and someone that, know again, for someone in my position that does play by play broadcasting and has the fortunate opportunity to do it professionally. Um, there's nobody, there's nobody bigger than Vin Scully. And um, it's, it's just another one that really, it, it hits, it hits really hard. Um, anybody that I know Any age that has been around sports broadcasting, done it, or knows anybody that does it uh, will have heard of Vin Scully, Um, Dodgers broadcaster when they were in Brooklyn, then in LA called some of the greatest moments in baseball history from Hank Aaron's uh, 715th home run to pass Babe Ruth to the Kurt Gibson home run in the 88 World Series in game 1 um in a year that has been so Im- improbable the impossible has happened that was his call on the Kurt Gibson home run um th- those are just uh, he called the uh the Bill Buckner play in the 86 World Series little roller up along third behind the bag it gets through Buckner like these are just i mean it's the soundtrack to multiple generations of baseball fans and you're not going to get better than Vin Scully. You're just not going to do it. Any sport, you're not going to find anybody better. He retired actually back in 2016. Vin Scully hasn't called a game, hadn't called a game in six years, um, which I think is great. Uh, actually because he got to spend time with his family and and that's what he wanted he got a lot of time um it's never enough probably right but um he got a lot of time with his family as well um towards the end so this has been a rough week hearing hearing stories about bill russell and what he meant to people and then uh the last 24 hours um Hearing a lot of different tales about um, about Vin Scully and what he helped, you know, what he meant to people who listened to him, to that met him, uh, and that were inspired by him. Um, I'll, I'll wrap up. I'll wrap up the show with this. Um, one of my favorite parts of Vin Scully's broadcasting, uh, talent is his ability to tell a story and the fact that anytime I heard him do a game, uh, over the years, uh, I probably listened to him a lot between 2011 and 2016 when he stopped doing it. That was the time I probably heard from him the most on the air. Um, live at, you know, live, obviously when he was still doing the Dodger games, he would always have a time in the game if not multiple times in the game where he would tell a story that you kind of weren't expecting him to tell whether it's a story of some player at the plate that had just you know recently survived an attack by a wolf or something or uh there was a great story about Madison Bumgarner and his wife Madison Bumgarner's is a, a pitcher uh, in major league baseball I think he still pitches for the Giants I, I apologize if he if that's changed but um at the time, he like, I think he had I don't know if he was hunting or he was on his farm or something I don't know but like he had to kill a couple of snakes or something. He hacked them apart or whatever, so they wouldn't uh, go after his family or something like that. And it turns out the snake had just eaten a bunny, like a couple little bunny rabbits, And he had chopped up the snake so much that he saw the bunny rabbit inside the snake and he takes the bunny rabbit out and the snake is I uh, sorry takes the bunny rabbit out of the snake and the bunny rabbit's still alive one of the two survived not only the the digestive the digestive process i guess but also the hacking of the axe or whatever Madison Bumgarner used to open the snake up and Ben Scully goes on to say that you know it's a A lesson in just getting through things right do whatever you can to survive sometimes in life and he then times it up perfectly because the inning ends on like the next pitch (laughs) and that's where Vin Scully's magic comes to the fore right so many broadcasters I can tell you from experience struggle with trying to get a story in a certain amount of time. And I think Bob Costas, I'm paraphrasing, but I think Bob Costas said something like, uh, another great broadcaster said, you know, the baseball gods just want to hear the end of that story that Vin Scully has to tell, and they will wait for him to finish before they end a half inning. And I—if I th- any if nothing else, that I think sums up Vin Scully as a broadcaster. He just kept you engaged. You wanted to hear the end of the story, even if you didn't know anything about the person at the plate, the teams that were playing the score of the game and it's baseball and sports poetry that we lose in Vin Scully's death. And boy, has it been a rough week. Um, but, one of my favorite I'll end with this one of my favorite phrases in all of sports is how can you not be romantic about baseball and Vince Scully is a big reason why we get to romanticize the game to this day and why we get to romanticize sports in general because so many people were inspired by what he did so it it has been a very uh, difficult week a week of mourning for all of sports uh, losing Bill Russell, losing Vin Scully, um, and I just hope wherever they are that, they, they are, that, that they're doing okay. I, I, I know that sounds kind of cheesy, but uh, it's just been really rough, and I hope that they can rest easy knowing that they made an incredible impact on society, not only just sports. Um, and I'll leave it there. That's going to do it uh, for this week's episode of the podcast. I want to thank you again for letting me uh, go a little bit off the beaten path here to talk about these stories uh, in a, you know, again, a week where there's not a ton to talk about with the NBA off season. Really curious to hear your thoughts, uh, whether you uh, know anything about Brittany Griner, Bill Russell, or Vin Scully, or you don't. Um, Just curious your thoughts. And uh, as always, let me know what you think about what's going on with what we do on the podcast and what's going on during the NBA offseason. Postingandtoasting.com, Shock Shock Knicks podcast logo, at J 7 on Twitter. Thank you again. Really appreciate you supporting this podcast. And have a great week. We'll see you all next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting podcast network.